discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Receive your word of meekness and with gladness, Lord. Thank you for the joy and speak our that is full of glory. Thank you for growth and increase for all of us. Thank you for preservation for all of us, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. It's good to be here. To be in your home. Or wherever. Either your office, your home, wherever you are. On Wednesday, I started sharing with you. Wednesday night, I started sharing with you on the believer's authority. And how important that is at such a time as this. And to, to this morning, I want to just continue and share some more with you. I said I have eight messages on it, so this is just message number two, and I'm sure it's going to help you. It's going to help you know a few things. But the last time I started sharing concerning knowledge, how important the knowledge of God's word is at such a time as this. You know, and if you read in Luke chapter 11, verse 52, I want us to look at it. something very important. I mentioned it the last time, but I didn't show you the scripture. This is Jesus talking. He says, Woe unto you, lawyers. For he's not talking about the lawyers of today. <laughs> because, you know, the Pharisees were the, the lawyers of that day. They, they had um, access to the law of Moses and understood it. So they were called lawyers. So he says, Woe unto you, lawyers. For you have taken away the key of knowledge. You have taken away the key of knowledge. Knowledge is a key. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in, ye hindered. You didn't go in yourselves. And those who were going in, you hindered. You know, the Pharisees had access. Jesus said that the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. They understood the law of Moses. But they did not, they could not apply, they could not use the word of God that they had. You know, so he said, Want you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Now, if you read in Matthew 23, verse 13, this same scripture is mentioned there, but in a very different way. Look at this. But warn to you, scribes and Pharisees. So this explains who the, who, which lawyers were talking about. But warn to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. He says, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. The other one says, you have taken the key of knowledge. So what he's trying to say is that the kingdom of heaven operates with keys. Who okay. want you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. That's for the first one. Then in the other place, in Matthew 23, he says that, who want you scribes and lawyers and uh, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. So the kingdom of heaven is open with keys. There are various aspects of the kingdom of heaven that, and the kingdom of heaven, you know, sometimes, uh, some say it's a, mis, it's a misnomer because of 
um, what it represents. The kingdom of heaven represents the kingdom of the aspect of God's kingdom that includes men. You see, it's actually the kingdom that Jesus came to start here on earth. An extension of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is bigger than the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God includes everything that God has created, the four living creatures, every the 24 elders, all those um, wonderful creatures that God has made in the universe, in the heavens, on the earth, everywhere. But the kingdom of heaven includes men. So Jesus came to start the kingdom of heaven on earth by dying, resurrecting, and, and, and going to heaven, ascending to heaven. Then the kingdom of heaven began. You know, so the kingdom of heaven has to do with the aspect of God's kingdom that is made up of men on earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says, you have, you have taken the key of knowledge. You don't enter, you don't allow others to enter. Knowledge is very important. Knowledge of God's word is very important. If you are going to, the quality of your life as a, as a child of God is dependent on the knowledge, the revelation of God's word that you have. That's the honest truth. If you are going to live a glorious, beautiful life like Jesus has promised and set for us, it's dependent on the knowledge of God that you have. Some people think that God is not good. Yeah. Some people think that this thing is even from God. Yeah. Yeah. It, it will change a lot of things. It will change how you know, how, how you perceive in life because of the kind of knowledge you have. Do you see? So it's important that you upgrade yourself with the knowledge of God's word, the proper knowledge of God's word. It's not just everything. It's, it's finding out what God has done in Christ, the new creation. Paul said that in Christ Jesus there's neither circumcision non-circumcision. He says neither circumcision nor circumcision avails anything but the new creature. So God is interested in the new creature. He's interested in what he has done in Christ for you. Get into it. If you read in Philemon chapter 1 verse 4 to verse 6, he says, I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers. Next verse, verse 5, he says, Hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast taught the Lord Jesus and taught all saints. Verse 6 is what I really want you to see. He says that I pray, this is the content of his prayer, I pray that the communication of your faith may become effectual or effective. He says that the word communication is, is koinonia, and it means sharing or participation. Do you see? He says, I'm praying for you that the participation of your faith, the sharing of your faith, may become effective. Do you see? It may become effectual. How? By the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So, the way for you to become effective in life, for the way, the way to become productive in life is dependent on you acknowledging all that God has done for you in Christ Jesus, all that is in you in Christ Jesus. That's how you become productive. And that is dependent on the knowledge of God that you have. If you don't know you have something, you can't acknowledge. You can't begin to acknowledge what you don't have. You only acknowledge what you have. You only acknowledge what you know you have. So it's, it's so important that you know exactly what God has done, exactly what God has done in Christ Jesus for you. And what I'm sharing with you in these uh, wonderful messages is something very big that God has done for you. The last time I mentioned Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, and I want us to continue from there. You know, like I said, the quality of your life is dependent on the revelation of God that you have. The revelation of God and his word that you have. So you have to be smart. Get to the word. Get to the word. Jesus said, search the scriptures, for in them you have eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. wow. It says the devil has been spoiled, isn't it? 
Colossians 2.15 says, And having spelled, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers. The word spoiled is to strip. He stripped him of his powers. He stripped him of his arms. Do you see? The, the Amplified says, look at the Amplified. The Amplified is nice. He says, God disarmed the principalities and powers. God did it in Christ. It was Christ who was doing it. God did it in Christ. God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it, that is a cross. He disarmed the principalities and powers. So the principalities and powers who are ranged against us have been disarmed. So never read Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 in a defeatist mindset. A lot of people have read that with a mindset that they are being chased by the devil. So they keep saying that the devil is chasing me. The devil is, you know, the devil has put me in this trouble. The devil is doing this in my family. The devil is doing that in my family. What are you doing about the devil? That's what God is also asking you. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He says, we wrestle not against them, these people. Do you see? So even though we are wrestling with them, actually we are high above them. Because Jesus, in whom we are, and who is in us, stripped them of their arms, like we showed you in the other scripture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, knowledge of this will help you. I, I never think the devil has an advantage over me. He, can't, he cannot have an advantage over me. No, no, no. The devil cannot have an advantage over me. The devil cannot work around me happily, enjoying himself. No, it's not possible. No principality hatched out of hell can touch me. No devil hatched out of hell can touch anybody that is close to me. No disease that is hatched out of hell by principalities and powers can touch me. Because I am hid, my life is hid in Christ, in God. Hallelujah. 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 So God has whipped them through Christ. Now, today I want to show you some more. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Colossians 1, 12. It says, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet... Or who has qualified us? Paul is praying for the Colossian church. And he says that, I pray that you... He said so many things from verse 9. Probably we should read it. Let's read from verse 9. It's nice. From verse 9. He says, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge. You see, he's talking about knowledge once again. With the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He says, I'm praying that you be filled with all... With, with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The Amplified is very nice. Let's read it. Very, very nice. For this reason, we also, from the day we heard of it, have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you, asking that you may be filled with the full, deep, and clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom, in comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and in understanding and discernment of spiritual things. He wants you to have understanding and have discernment in spiritual things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go back to the King James. It's nice. And go to verse 10. Go to verse 10. It says, That he might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing where? In the knowledge of God. He wants you to increase in the knowledge of God. I mean, because that, that, is, that, is, that will determine the quality of life you live. So that is God's utmost desire. Because all, God has done everything. Now you need to get to know what he has done. You need to have proper revelation. So Paul talks about his, his mission and his ministry in Ephesians chapter 3. You see. Let's, let's read it. Let's read it briefly and then we'll come back. 
just going off a little bit. Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read from verse 3. Ephesians 3, 3. It says, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. God made known unto him by revelation. What is revelation? Seeing and knowledge. Knowledge of what? Seeing the knowledge that you have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or understanding the knowledge that you have. It says, How that by revelation he made known unto me the, the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. Verse 4. Whereby when you read him, you understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Paul had a certain knowledge. In the mystery of Christ. A certain understanding, a certain mental putting together in the knowledge of Christ. Next verse. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. As it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one responsible. I told you the last time. Verse 6. Oh, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. These are special words. Next verse. Very nice words. Verse 7. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gifts of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Now look at it. He says, I was given grace for this purpose. Unto me. Whereof I was made a minister according to verse 7, according to the gifts of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Verse 8. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Next verse. Then it says, and to make all men see. And to make all men what? See. What is the fellowship of the mystery? That was his ministry, to make all men see. So as I preach to you, you begin to see. Oh, this is what God has done. Then it begins to, the revelation of it begins to come to you. So that it can become a part of you. And so that you can produce it wherever you find yourself. That was the ministry that God gave to Paul. And that's the ministry. That is called the New Testament ministry. It's given to ministers to help everybody to see. To have a revelation of the knowledge of God. In various aspects. Because there are so many things that God has done in Christ Jesus for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes you see Christians crying over nothing. You know, depressed over nothing. God has, has done so much. God does not call you the depressed. The Bible says, count it all joy when you go through diverse tests. So when you go through diverse tests, when you go through diverse challenges, the Bible shows you exactly what to do. We are actors of God. So it says, count it all joy. Joy number one, I went through this. Ha. Then you begin to celebrate God. Hallelujah. Instead of sitting down quietly and thinking and becoming depressed more and more. He says, count it all joy when you go through diverse tests. Just ask the word. James said, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. The word doers that has to do with acting. Act the word out because it is true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now go back to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. That you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, verse 10, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 11. Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. This, this is wonderful. Let's just keep going. Verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet. The word meet there is qualified as, who has made us, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. There's an inheritance that is waiting for you and I. And it is in Christ. He says that God has made us partakers. He has qualified us to partake of it. Now it is up to you to partake of it. How do you partake of it? Through the knowledge of God. So Paul mentions in Acts chapter 20 verse 32. He says, but now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Which is able to build you up. And to give you 
an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. You've been qualified for the inheritance already through what Christ did for you. Now, through the knowledge of God that you have, through the, he says, I commend it to God and to the word of his grace, to the word of his grace, the knowledge of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Go back to the other place. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11 now. I think we're in verse 12, right? Oh, do you love the Bible? Bible. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet. He has made us meet. He has qualified us. I'm qualified. I'm qualified to enjoy life to the full. Wow. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says that, For we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, unto good works. Unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. He has created us unto good works. He has created us unto beautiful works. Wow. What a blessing. Go back to the other place. Colossians chapter 1. Oh. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13. Who has delivered us? Did he say he's going to deliver us? He says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness? Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his son? Of his dear son. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. The word power there is poorly translated by the King James. It's supposed to be authority. He says, who has delivered us from the authority of darkness? We have been taken from the authority of darkness. Jesus' work on the cross was complete. There's something called redemption. We have been completely redeemed. The new creation, if you are born again, you are a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Isn't it? Who has delivered us from the authority of this Dabi, authority of darkness, and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love? He has taken us from the kingdom of darkness. You know, he, he did it. Jesus actually did it. He took us out of the kingdom of darkness. Out of the power of darkness. He's not going to do it. He's not trying to do it. He's not thinking about doing it. He's already done it. There's, not, there's no authority that the devil has that can have an influence over us. There's nothing the devil can do that can have an influence on you. But there are Christians who will die like any other person and suffer like any other person because they do not know. You see how important knowledge is? Knowledge of God's word. Getting to know God's word. It's so important. I mean, without that, you have not started. You have not started. You are just like any other person. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 1, the Bible says that the heir, as long as he's a child, please don't be a child forever in your life. As long as, you can be a child for a long time in, in Christ. Paul said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Why do you want to grow in every aspect of your life apart from, apart from spiritually? You need to grow up spiritually. You have to grow up spiritually. How do you grow up spiritually? By eating God's word. First Peter 2.2. 2. It says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It is the milk of the word that causes you to grow. The more you eat the word, the more you grow. Do you see? The more you find out what God has done for you, the more you grow. Like I said, he's redeemed us. He's taken us from the power of darkness, from the authority of darkness. There's nothing the devil can do that can work. Remember, he says that no weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. There's no weapon that the devil can, can fashion 
including the ones he's going to fashion, that can work against you. You cannot go down. Cannot go down. Are you born again? Yeah. If you are born again and you're a child of God, you can never go down in life. You are designed for one path only. Upwards and forwards only. And I pray that as I talk to you, God will reveal it to your heart. Paul said that I, this, is, this is my ministry, to make all men see. To make all men see. What is the fellowship of this ministry? Wow. Wow. Hmm. So God has delivered us from the power of darkness or the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We are now in the kingdom of his dear son. That is where we live. Paul said in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22, he says, but we have, a, we have come unto Mount Zion. He didn't say we are going to come. No. He says we have come unto, we have arrived in Mount Zion. Yeah. See, I've arrived in Mount Zion. <laughs> we have arrived in Mount Zion. We are not trying to get there. We are there now. That's where we are. Spiritually speaking, that's where we are. You may be living in Australia or living in Canada or living in Ghana or living in South Africa. Makes no difference. Your physical location, notwithstanding, you have a spiritual location. And that spiritual location is in Zion. He has translated that from the kingdom of darkness, from the power of darkness, onto the kingdom of his dear son. Yeah, we are there. That's where we, that's where we live. That's where we live. That's our location. Spiritually speaking, that's where we live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let God be true and not let all men be liars. So let your circumstances be your circumstances be a liar. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. The devil is after me. Nothing is working for me. Sickness is all over the place. I didn't feel like I have this uh, coronavirus now. Because I just, I, I've been coughing for some time. Hey, hey, Why? Why are you pronouncing your own death? Oh. Why are you doing that? That was his death and life are in the power of the time. And they that love it, some people don't love it. They that love it shall eat of the fruit thereof. Use your tongue wisely. Don't talk anyhow. You're a child of God. Child. So he says that he has delivered us from the power, authority of darkness. And I want to show you how he did it. Okay? How, how, did, how did Jesus do it? He did it through his death, burial, and resurrection. And there's something, there's a big word called redemption in the Bible. You know, and there are various aspects. There are four big aspects of redemption that Jesus did for us. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, the Bible says, in 1 Corinthians 6, 20, it says, for ye are bought with a price. Ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Ye are bought with a price. Ye are bought with a price. Now, the word bought there, okay, is a word for redemption. And it means, the Greek word is agorazo. And it means to buy from the slave market of sin. You know, in the olden, in the olden days, they used to have slave markets. Markets where they sold slaves. You know, and they had tests, various tests to check the slaves, whether the slave was strong. They had their physical tests where they'll punch a slave's face to see whether a tooth will come out of his mouth. If a tooth comes out, it means that that slave is weak. If a tooth does not come out, then that means that the slave is strong and hence can be bought. We were bound under the authority of the devil. All of humanity was bound under the authority of the devil. We were held under the sway of the devil. Whatever he, he wants, he, can, he, could have, he could plague the world of sin. He could plague the world of sickness. He could plague the world of, with, with disgrace, with weakness, of all forms. 
But not today. Because we've been bought from that slave market of sin. And have been brought into the kingdom of his dear son. So I'm just trying to explain the word delivered to you. I mean, he has delivered us from the kingdom of the, the, the power of darkness onto the kingdom of his dear son. What did he deliver us from? He took us from the slave market of sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I'm bought with a price. I'm bought with a price. <laughs> Another word for redemption. So I'm explaining redemption in its fullest. God, God through Christ has, has brought us redemption in its fullest. In its fullest. He's not, he's not trying to do it. It's been done. Yeah, thank you. And you need to know about it. In Titus chapter 2 verse 13. Look at Titus 2.13. We see another word there. It says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us. He gave himself for us. Brother, someone died. His name is Jesus Christ. Someone died for you. It doesn't, make, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter what we were. He loved us and died for us. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says that, but God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, not when we were good, he took us out of the slave market of sin when we were not good. Go to if you look at verse, verse six. Look at verse six. Romans chapter five, verse six. It says it's in a very nice way. It says, "For when we were without, we were yet without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't die for the godly. He died for the ungodly. Wow. Christ died for the ungodly. If you feel you are not correct, you are the one Jesus died for. Jesus. You are the one Jesus died for." And he gave himself for us. Go back to Titus, Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Who gave himself for us? Jesus gave himself for us that he might redeem, redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. I'm zealous of good works. Zealous of good works. Yeah. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us? The word redeem there is lutro or lutrosis. That's a Greek word. L U T R. I've preached on this before. You can find it on YouTube. It's all there. I think we titled the vocabulary of salvation. Preached last year. It was a beautiful message. You can get it wherever you are. Okay? So that word is lutro. The Greek word is lutro. And it means to ransom. To release on... It means ransom. It means to release on receipt of ransom. To release someone on receipt of payment. So he paid. What was the payment? He paid with his own blood. Jesus paid with his own blood. When Adam sent... The, the payment was, was the death of another. Adam had to die. What he did was... It was high treason, and high treason is punishable by death. Jesus came to come and die for you and I, so that he can redeem us, so that he can pay the ransom price, so that you can be taken away from the authority of the devil, from the power of the devil onto the power of God. Wow. Wow. The third word that explains redemption is found in Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13. Paul said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangs on the tree. He has redeemed us. He has taken us away from the curse of the law. And that word is ex agorazo. And it means to take out of the slave market of sin. Jesus didn't just buy us on the slave market of sin. After buying us, he took us out of the slave market of sin. That is what the Bible says, that he has taken us from the kingdom of darkness, or from the power of darkness, to the kingdom of God's dear son. So we have been taken away into Christ. We are now in Christ. We are not, we have, there. we don't have any single dealing with the devil. Not even one. There's no relationship between us and him. Can you imagine? When God does a work, he does it nicely. 
thoroughly. God did the first surgery in the world. When Adam was created and God needed the woman, what did he do? He didn't create another woman because all things had been created and all of humanity was in Adam. So he took a rib. He cut, how could he, he cut him and took a rib and closed it up neatly. Adam did not have any mark. He didn't even know what had happened to him. This Anastasia was correct. Adam was able to sleep peacefully <laughs> and God did a surgery. Yeah, we learned all these things from God. That's why we put people to sleep before we do surgery on them. Yeah. Wow. Took that bone out of Adam's rib and then created a beautiful woman and brought him to Adam. God is neat. Whatever he does, he does completely. He doesn't do, he's not a half working God. He doesn't do half and wait for half to be done. No, he does everything completely. Yeah, he's, so we are completely, completely delivered from the power of darkness. Completely delivered from the power of darkness into the power, the kingdom of his dear son. The last word is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. Ephesians 1, 14. And the Greek word is apolutros. It says, which is the earnest of my inheritance, talking about the Holy Spirit, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. You see, he talks about redemption here. He's talking about the final uh, commitment of all things that we need, all things that God has done for us, to us on that day. There's a day, this particular one is in reference to a certain day that is going to come, where we are put into a full sonship. Do you see? We are now sons of God. We're reading Verse John 31. Behold, what man of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because he knew him not. We are the sons of God now. Next verse, verse 2. He says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Not tomorrow. Now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Now are we the sons of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, not tomorrow. Now. So I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. So there's a day when it's like giving birth to someone and then doing, giving him a trust fund. The trust fund matures at a particular age. When you turn 18, then you can have it. Yeah, so... The, this redemption is like a matured, a, 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 a trust fund that God has set for us. Wow. There's a day when we'll be, we'll be given all that we need. Even now, he has given us all that we need for life and godliness. That's what the Bible says. But there's more. more. When he will show us as trophies. So if you look at the next verse in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14. Look at Ephesians 1 14. Which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession. Unto the praise of his glory. Verse 15. Wherever I was made, go to verse 13. Verse 13 is what I want you to see. Ephesians 1.13. In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Next verse. Then he says, Who, which is the earnest of our inheritance? He is a down payment. The word payment, earnest is down payment. It's a down payment for a full. So there's a day coming when we shall have our full payment. Do you see? So even all that we are enjoying as Christians is just a down payment. Wow. 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 What a blessing. What a blessing. So everything has been done. God has, God has taken you out of the... Believe it. Believe it. He has taken you out of sickness because, you know, the devil has things that he works with. He has tools that he works with. Sickness, weakness, death, plagues. Everything bad is from him. He's a bad devil. I told you the last time. He's a bad, 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 bad devil. There's no good in him. There's no good in him. He can't do anything good. He's a bad devil. And God is a good God. The Bible says that he's the father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, we've been taken out. We've been taken away from the kingdom, from the power of darkness, into the kingdom of his dear son. 
from the authority of the devil to the power and the kingdom of God. Wow. I'm not under his dominion at all. Have that settled in your heart. The devil cannot do anything to you. If God does not sanction your death, he can't do anything. He can't kill you. The devil can't kill you. Nobody can kill you. No virus can kill you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow, I'm excited. Because of what God's word says. I mean, how can you be thinking like this and be afraid? You can't be afraid. You can't be afraid. The Bible says fear causes torment. Brings torment. It brings you torment. Stop listening to unnecessary news. Start listening to the word of God. You are better off. You are better off. Some people must be banned from listening to radio. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, how did God do this? How, how did the redemption, all these things happen? God did this by raising up Jesus from the dead. The art of God raising Jesus up from the dead was God's mightiest work. In Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 19. Let's read Ephesians 1, 19. God, God's mightiest work ever was not expressed in him creating the heavens and the earth. God's mightiest work was expressed when he raised Jesus from the dead. Because something happened when he raised Jesus from the dead. He says, and what is the exceeding? Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. He's praying that they may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power, of God's power to us, word or towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought or which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead let's read the Amplified it's, it's, it's very nice from verse 19 it says and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. This was, this was God's best. Yeah. He raised us from the dead. And he has kept him from the dead till date. It's been 2,000 years. Almost 2,000 years. He's still alive. Everybody who was brought back to life died. They, they, it was just resuscitation. It wasn't resurrection. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. How was he resurrected from the dead? By God's mighty power. His mightiest power was explored and demonstrated in bringing Jesus back to life. You see, he says, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, next verse, verse 20, which he exerted in Christ, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. In the heavenly places. He raised him. He didn't just raise him. That part didn't just raise him. He raised him and set him at his own right hand. In the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power. So all the principality and powers. That you can think about. Jesus was raised. God's mightiest power was expressed. In raising Jesus from the dead. And taking him far above all principality. And power and dominion and might. That go to the King James. 21 King James. Far above all principality. He raised him far above all principality. All the principalities that are arranged against us. Jesus was raised from the dead. Far above. First of all, Jesus beat them. Remember, he stripped them of the authority, of their power. He disarmed them. And apart from that, he was raised from the dead and taken far above all of them. Every principality and power and might and dominion. These are different classes of wickedness. Of wicked spirits. 
far above what principality and power. You think that principality is actually the first? Not, not at all. Dominion yeah. eh, is the highest. He's, he's telling you from the least to the highest. Wow. Now, when you hear principality, that principality is the very no. Dominions are wilder. Far above of principality and power and might, there are some, every one of them has power, but there are some that are called power. Yeah. <laughs> Very well, guys. Far above of principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Every name that is named, not only in this world. He's been set above all of them, not only in this world in which we are, but also in that which is to come. Wow. And guess what? When God was raising him up from the dead, we were raised up from the dead with him. When God was exerting his mightiest power, he exerted his mightiest power in Christ with us in mind, with you and I in mind. With you and I in mind. Go to chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read from verse 4. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy, God is rich in mercy, for his great love, the way he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, when we were dead in sins, when we were of no use, when we were dead in sins, when we were nothing, when we were, we were, we were, we were worse than rags, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us. He has made us alive together with Christ. So when Jesus was coming out of the dead, when God was exerting his mightiest power in Christ, it wasn't only Jesus. Remember, Jesus, didn't, Jesus could not have died unless he had the sins of humanity. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, the Bible says that he was made sin. Jesus died because of the sin of humanity. He was made sin. He couldn't have died. Remember, there were several times that they nearly killed him. They tried to push him off the cliff on two occasions. They tried to stone him on one occasion. And it didn't work. It couldn't happen. They couldn't kill him. Why? Because there was no sin in him. What causes people to die naturally? Sin. Do you see? You cannot die physically unless you are dead spiritually. So there are different kinds of death. There are three kinds of death. There's spiritual death. There's physical death. Then there's eternal death. Spiritual death occurs as a result of what Adam did. And because of what, you remember in Genesis chapter 2, God told Adam that in the day that you shall partake of this fruit, in, you shall surely die. The Greek rendering is, in dying you shall die. Because when Adam partook of the fruit, he didn't die immediately. He didn't die physically immediately, but he died spiritually. Spiritual death. Death has to do with separation from God. God is life. God is the very embodiment of life. When Adam was taken away from God, he lost life and hence he experienced death but it wasn't physical adam lived for more than 900 years before he died physically speaking but he died spiritually speaking on that day and it took so many years for him to die physically even after dying spiritually for so many years when you you die physically without being born again then you die eternally the final death is eternal death and that is also called the second death you know if you read in revelation you find it out but that's not my subject for this morning. Go back to that place. So Jesus could not have died. He died because of the sin of humanity. Therefore, he has made him, this is 2 Corinthians 5.21, he has made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He was made sin. Jesus was made sin. He was made the very embodiment of sin. Why did Jesus die? Jesus died because of you and I. He died because of humanity. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
He gave. He gave him for He gave him so that he would die. So that he would take the punishment for humanity. In First John 2, 1, he says that my little children, these things write down to you that you sin not. And he says, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. Then he says, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He's a proposition. He's a mercy seat. He's the, he's the reason why human beings can be forgiven of their sins. Yeah, that's why he died. So when he was dying, we were all in him. The sin of humanity was in him. Just as you were in there when Adam, you know, ate the fruit. But you experienced the effects of Adam's wrong. You were in there when Christ died. But you were in him when he died. Your problem was in him. Your sin was in him. Your troubles was in him. When he died, we died with him. That's what the Bible says. If you read in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, I'm, I'm intentionally showing you so many scriptures so that you, have, you don't have any doubt in your mind concerning these things. There are a lot of Christians who are stumbling between two opinions. Is this true? Maybe it's not true. The Bible says, let God be true and let all men be lied. Elijah said, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? If you believe God's report, you will have results in your life. No disease heart of hell can, can touch you. No poverty heart of hell can touch you. No destruction heart of hell can, can touch you. It can happen to everybody else, not to you. Why? Because you know who you are. You know what has happened to you. And you take your authority in Christ and use your authority. There are some pra- I'll show you. There are some prayers that we pray that are not correct. There are some prayers that Christians pray that are not correct. Because God is looking at you to do what you're supposed to do. And you are rather putting it into God's hands than God to do something. When he has given you the authority to do something about it. I'll show it to you. He says, Jesus was delivered for our offenses. This is the reason why he died. He died because of our offenses. On account of our offenses. And was raised again for our justification. He was raised again from the dead for our justification. For our being declared not guilty. So he couldn't have died without sin. He died because the sins of humanity was put in him. And guess what? He says that, but God who is rich in mercy. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy. God is rich. We offended God. But God is rich in mercy. Humanity offended God in in Adam. But God is rich in mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins. Verse 5. Even when we're dead in sins, has quickened us. Has ma- the word quicken is to make alive. Look at the amplified. It's nice. The amplified makes it clear for us. Even when we're dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together. Have you seen it? He made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself. The same new life with which he quickened him. For it. For it is by grace. Oh man. It's the same life. He made us alive. He gave us the same life. He gave us the same life. Where did we get that life? We got that life. Jesus got that life in hell. Jesus was quickened. He was made alive in hell before he came out. <laughs> Go back to the King James. Even when we're dead in sins. Has quickened us or made us alive. He has made us alive. Together with Christ, when God was exercising his mightiest power, he had us in mind. Even when we're dead in sins, has made us alive together by Christ, with Christ. Then it says, by grace are you saved. Now, he didn't just make us alive 
after making us alive with Christ, look at what they did in verse 6. And has raised. He has raised us up together. So he didn't just raise up Christ. He raised us up together with him. He raised us up together with him. And has raised us up together. He has raised us up together. Since for God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. Wow. Is I pray that you may know what is the same witness of his power. Which is at work in you and for you. That same power which he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. Wow. The same power which he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. Is the same power that he used to raise us from the dead. Because we were when Jesus came out of the grave. If Jesus came out of the grave and he did. Then we also came out of the grave. Are you born again? This is your history. All that I'm telling you is history. I'm sharing history with you. I'm sharing what has happened. This is what happened. Some people don't know. Some people don't understand. This is what happened. On a certain day. We were, we were brought out of the graves with Christ. He made us alive in hell and brought us out of the graves with him. And has raised us up together. When he worked that mighty power, he worked it with me in mind. Just lift up your hands and just thank God. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will never go to hell in my life. You don't have any business going there. Because you've been there before. You were there in Christ. When Christ went there, when Jesus went there, you went there with him. And when he came out of the graves, you came out of the graves with him. Hallelujah. That same power, which mighty power which you wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead. He didn't just raise him from the dead. He says he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. After raising him from the dead, he set him. Guess what? He didn't just set him alone. He set him with me in mind. We were set there together. So go back to Ephesians chapter 2 verse verse 6 now. Ephesians 2 says, And has raised us up together and made us sit together. So where Christ is seated, that power that raised Jesus from the dead, rose him from the dead, and caused him to ascend into the heavens. Try levitating and see. It's not a joke. Superman is not real. Jesus is the real Superman. And we are in him. <laughs> Life in Christ is the real Superman. He says, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he raised him from the dead with his power. And set him at his own right hand. And he didn't just set him there. He set us together. He set us together. This is the revelation of the New Testament. He set us there together. So your location, your spiritual location is at the right hand of God. In the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and spiritual wickedness and every name that can ever be named. We are seated above them. Yeah, because all that happened, all that Christ did, all that God did in Christ was done with us in mind. Hallelujah. What a blessing. What a blessing. Guess what? The right hand is not just... He didn't say right hand side. Go back to Ephesians 1 verse 20. Which he wrote in Christ. That same power which he wrote in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. He didn't say right hand side. If you've watched some of these old movies, you see. 
that the right hand of the king or the right hand of the pope is a place of authority. Yeah. It's a place of power. It's not, he's not talking about um, position. He's talking about a place of authority. The right hand is a place of authority. Hmm. In the heavenly places. Brother, let me show you. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. I want to show you about the right hand. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Verse 3. It talks about Jesus. We can read from verse 1. It's nice. From verse 1. Hebrews 1, 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son. There's something about the scripture that, that is so nice, but not today. By his son, whom he has appointed. Hey, he has appointed what? Hey, he has appointed him the inheritor of all things. Of all things. He's the heir of all things. And he says, by whom also he has made, he made the world. Verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Jesus is the express image of God's person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. He upholds all things by the word of his power. He upholds the earth, the universe, everything in it by the word of his power. By the word of his authority. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about his word. His word of authority because he has authority over all of them. So by his word, they, are all, they were all made. And by his, his word, they are all kept in shape. And by his word, they are all destroyed. Wow. Such authority. Such ability. He says, who being the bride of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins. When he by himself had purged us. Brother, we are purged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he says, he purged, he has purged, when he purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He sat down. He settled. After he had done what he was supposed to do, he settled, he sat down on the right hand. Of the majesty on high. That is the place of authority. Next verse. Being made so much better than the angels. As he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name. But I'll talk about this later on. Wow. What a blessing. What a blessing. He sets him at his own right hand. After he had pleasure since he sat down. That is the place of authority. It is so clear. There are so many scriptures that talk about how Jesus has been set at the right hand of, of, of God. And the right hand is not the right hand side. The right hand is the place of authority. So Jesus has all authority. Guess what? When Jesus died, we died with him, right? Yeah. When he was buried, we were buried with him, right? Yeah. When he was made alive in hell, we were made alive in hell. Yeah. When he was raised from the dead, we were, made, we were raised from the dead with him. When he ascended into the heavens, we ascended together with him. When he sat down on, on the right hand of God, we sat down on the right hand of God. So we are seated together with him. In the place of authority. Can you take this? <laughs> hmm. Look at chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12. Let me show you some more. Let God be true. Let God be true. Let God be true. And all men lies. Some Christians have stumbled over, over these things and thought, oh, it's not, it's not really much. It's not. It's God. God has done it. It's Christ who is for Jesus. It's not for us. It's not true. It's not true. He says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Brother, he's seated. 
in this man, Jesus Christ, <laughs> after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down, he was comparing to the Old Testament priest. He says the Old Testament priest had to go in and sacrifice many times. Every year they go and sacrifice once in a year. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down on the right hand of God. Next verse, verse 13. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Now, there's something very special about this scripture. I'll come back to it, okay? Go to First Peter chapter 3, verse 21 to verse 22. The right hand. See the right hand. The right hand. Is a place of authority. And that's where Jesus is seated. And I am seated in Christ together with him on the right hand of God the Father. The place of authority. I have authority. I have authority. Tell whoever is sitting by you, I have authority. <laughs> because of what Christ did, we have authority. The believer has great authority. And it makes no difference whether he became born again a few seconds ago. The least member of the body of Christ is seated together with him in heavenly places. It has nothing to do with what you do or do not do. It has everything to do with what Jesus did. That's how it is. First Peter 3.21. It says, the like figure. He was talking about the, the days of Noah and all of that. It says, the like figure were unto even baptism that's also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Verse 22. Who? It says, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who has gone into heaven? Jesus has gone into heaven. And is on the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. <laughs> Who is gone? Jesus has gone into heaven. And is on the right hand of God. For what purpose? And angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. They've all been made subject unto him. So in, so in Matthew chapter 28 verse 20. Jesus, after he had risen from the dead, met his disciples and had the last discourse with them and said that. From verse 18, 28, 18, Matthew 28, 18, it says, and Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, all power. King James does not do justice to this particular scripture as well. The word power there is actually exousia. The Greek word is exousia, and it's translated authority. Exousia. All authority. I think the Amplified, that's a better job. Jesus approached and breaking the silence said unto them, All authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It has been given to me. I got it. <laughs> all authority in heaven and on earth. Remember, angels and powers and authorities have been made subject to him because he's seated on the right hand of God. Then he says that on the basis of this authority, you, you and I, <laughs> go ye therefore, move knowing that you have authority. Sometimes it seems as though the disciples who did not have any knowledge, much knowledge, concerning what I'm talking about now, did a better job than we did, we are doing now. Because they knew better. Before they got born again, in Luke chapter 9, verse 1, Jesus called them, called the 12 disciples. Look at it. 
Luke chapter 9 verse 1. This is, this is what has happened to us. Jesus has given, Jesus has all authority. And he has wielded all that authority to you and I. Oh, oh not some. Brother, whatever you say should happen will happen. <laughs> wow. It's true. Jesus said that. <laughs> Jesus said you shall know the truth. <laughs> and the truth shall make you free. This is the key of knowledge that opens all the doors. It opens some doors for you. I tell you, stop struggling for nothing. Stop praying nonsense prayers. Stop asking God to take away the sickness. Brother, he took it long ago. He took it long ago. What are you going to do about the sickness? What are you going to do about the poverty? You have all authority. What are you going to do about it? Because he's done what he's supposed to do. Listen, he sat down. He's sitting. He's done. Waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. Who will make his enemies his footstool? You and I. I'm coming. Look at the disciples. It says in Luke chapter 9 verse 1. This is before they got born again. This is way before they got born again. They had not, they were not new creations. They were just Jewish men, Galileans who had gotten to know this lowly man of Galilee and they were working with him who was doing so many miracles and all of that. He called them and then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power. How did he give them that power? The word power there is dunamis and authority. He gave them power. He vested them with power. That is strength from within. And he gave them authority over all devils and to cure diseases. He gave them authority over all devils and to cure diseases. All devils. And they went and got results. They didn't know much. They weren't born again. How come we are born again? And know all the things we know. And can't function beyond these people. Because we don't believe it. We don't, we don't trust it. Jesus has not gone to hell to take all authority yet. The power he gave to them is higher. What we have now is higher than this. I tell you. Yeah. Way higher. They had results. I will get results in my life. I will, listen. I will get results in my life. I will get results in my life. I'll break the power of the devil in my family. I'll break the power of the devil around me. I'll break the power of the devil. Diseases, sicknesses, everything around me in the name of the Lord Jesus. By the power of the Holy Ghost. And with that authority that I have in Christ, I'll never be quiet. I'll never look on and watch on for people to perish. I have authority in Christ. I have authority in Christ. They went out. Look at verse 6. You see it there. Luke chapter 9. And they departed and went to other towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Have you seen it? They departed, went to other towns, preaching the gospel, and healing everywhere. And most of the sicknesses were caused by demons. They were healing everywhere. And in chapter, chapter 10, Jesus gave the, say, he called the seventy. if you read from chapter 10, verse 1, Luke 10, 1. You know, Jesus had different classes of disciples. He had, he had three, Peter, James, and John, who were very close. Then he had 12. Then he had 70. Then he had 120. Then the multitudes there came. After these things, the Lord appointed over other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither himself would come. Guess what? He gave them power as well. Go down. Go to verse, verse 17. Luke 10, 17. He gave these guys power. It's not mentioned in these scriptures, but he gave them power. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, the 70, not the 12. The 12 had results. 
The 70 also had results. They went and came back and said to the Lord, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. These guys were not born again. They didn't know the Holy Ghost. They didn't know the name of Jesus. They didn't have, they didn't have understanding of it. What are you going to do with the authority? <laughs> Look at verse 19. Okay, let's go to verse 18. Verse 18 is nice. Let's just read from 18 to 19. Jesus said, you see, when they came in, they said that even the devils are subject to us. Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan. Jesus crosses like I said. I beheld Satan fall from heaven. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. I know his beginning. I know where he came from. And I know how he fell. So I know that I have authority over him. I know that he has fallen. He doesn't have anything. I know it. Behold, I give unto you power. That was the next thing he told. He says, this, this is not to Christians. Though. This is to the 70. He told them, behold, I give unto you power. This after they had gone and had results and come over. He said, listen, I'm giving you. I, I know something you didn't know. And now I've told you. I've given you knowledge concerning him. He fell as lightning. I beheld him fall as lightning. Therefore, I give you power. The word power there is exousia. It's not, it's not dunamis. There are two words for power. There's dunamis. That's inherent power. And there's exousia. That is delegated power. Authority is delegated power. That one you don't need to do anything. The policeman does not need to do. He just has to wear the shirt. All he has to do is wear the shirt. I mean, I've seen a policeman stop traffic in his car. From his car. He was driving on the road. He got to a crossroad. And he stopped in his car. Right in his car. He stopped those coming from this side. And stopped those coming from this side. And then passed through. And left us to think about ourselves. And do whatever I want to do. Yeah, because he's a policeman. He has authority from the government. The people are afraid of the government. If the government, if you get into the bad books of the government, you are in trouble. The devils know it. All the demons know it. They know that there's someone who has power. And if they get into his bad books, they are in trouble. And guess what? We have been sent in the name of that man. We have been sent on the authority of that man. He said, behold, I give unto you power. I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. The word power there for the enemy is dunamis. All the inherent ability of the devil. Every single thing he has. There's nothing in him that can come against you. All the dunamis of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. How can you walk in life with this knowledge and fail? How can you walk in this in this life with this knowledge and go down? It's not possible. How can any sickness, any disease hang itself on you when you have this knowledge? It's not possible. This is what John Gillick had. These are the things that he had. It's not because of my, my good works or my bad works. It has nothing to do with it. has everything to do with what you know. What you believe. And your knowledge concerning where you live, where you stay, where you are. Do you know that you are in him? Do you know that you are seated in heavenly places together with him? It's not fake, it is true. God's word is higher and truth than anything you can ever think about. It is higher than any medicine you can think about. It's higher than anything you can think about, brother. This is to unbelievers. They were not born again. They were just working with the master. I give unto you authority. He gave him authority at that time. When he had not yet gone to hell. When he had not yet ascended. When he had not yet sat down on the throne of majesty on high. He had not beaten the devil yet. He said, I beheld him as lightning fall. He had not beaten him yet for anybody. He had not beaten him yet for them. Yet he told them this. Now guess, now that he has done all these things for us. Now that he has beaten the devil. Stripped him and redeemed us. And gotten out of the dead. And set us on, his, on the right hand of God. If he's saying, 
All authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. <laughs> he means it. He means every word of it. Glory. On the basis of it, says go. Go. Listen, we are we are members of the body of Christ. Let me let me show you some more. Oh, hallelujah. This is our current location. No? We are seated with him, together with him. Yeah. We are seated together with him. In the heavenly places. Far above one principle. No matter which principalities in your country or power or dominion makes no difference. We will operate and have success every single day. That is why wherever we go, we plant churches and it works. Yeah. I don't care. Some people say this area is too hard. This, I, I don't have that in my mind. I'm just moving. If the Holy Spirit says I shouldn't go, then I'll not go. But I'm just moving. I'm just moving. I have a higher, I'm moving on the basis of a higher authority. There's no name named on earth that is higher than that name. Nothing can stop me. Nothing can stop her. How would your business be stopped from entering into other countries? It's not going to work. If you have this knowledge, like I'm giving to you now, how can any sickness, any disease attach itself to any child that is in your house? You know, these things work with households in. in I'll talk about, about it on Wednesday. It has, because you can't exercise authority in someone else's house. You can't come to my house and come and take my money. That's stealing. I may, I may be mismanaging my money, but then you can't come and take it. It's not your money. You can't come and take it and say, I'm going to manage it for you. If I, I don't know you from anywhere. Why can't you manage my money? It's not possible. You have authority. It's not in my house. <laughs> These things work in a certain way. And on, on Wednesday, I'm going to show it to you. Do you see? But when it comes to you and those in your household, remember, when he saves one, he has saved the whole household. When it comes to anything with respect to your household, you have authority. You have authority. When Jesus got the authority, he handed it over. He handed it over to his body. He handed it over to us, to you and I. He doesn't need it. He has, he has no need of it. He's given it to you and I. To use. To use. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Rise up, brother. Rise up. Let me show it to you. Remember, we have the body of Christ. Go to Ephesians 1. Hmm. Look at this. Ephesians 1, 20. We've been reading this all this while, isn't it? Which he wrought in Christ. The same power which he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Verse 22. Then it says, And has put all things under his feet. He's put all things under his feet. He's put all things under his feet. And then he says, And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Which is his body? The church is his body. Pastor, are you here with your head only? You cannot go anywhere without your body. Wherever your head goes, that's where your body goes. If your head is moving around town, it will be a problem. It's a horror movie, isn't it? Go to verse 22. You need to, you, see, you need to look at these scriptures for so long until you have personal revelation of it for yourself. Until it seeps into your heart. He says, and he has put all things, all things, not some things, all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Which is his body. 
The church, are you part of the church? Yeah. The church is his body. The church is his body. And he says he puts all things under his feet. His feet is part of his body. That is why even if you are the smallest toenail of Jesus Christ, of the body of Christ, you are still higher. Far above all prosperity and powers. Because they are all under your feet. He says he puts all things under his feet. Under his feet. And gave him to be the head of all things of the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in. That's, that's so significant. I'll talk about it very soon. But I want to show you. Show us. We are the members of the body of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if you, if you can feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit coming through the screens to you wherever you are this morning. This is truth. This is the word of God. This is the word of God. For as the body is one, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body, these are, these are teachings of the word. These are doctrines of the word. These are things that the Holy Spirit through the apostles brought to the church. We're in a different realm altogether. We're in a different dispensation altogether. We are not in the Old Testament. The Old Testament folks had to pray in a certain way because they didn't have any clue of the authority. That they, they didn't have any authority with God. They didn't have any of those things. They had to pray in a certain way. They had to talk to God in a certain way. But we don't have to talk to God in a certain way. We have to talk to the problem. Whatever is becoming a problem, you are to stand in your place of authority and address it. Because you are here functioning in the name of Jesus. You are here functioning on the authority of Jesus. That is what you are here for. Because you are seated with him. Sometimes people say, you know this scripture, John chapter 15 verse 5. It's, very, it's a very profound scripture. I believe in it. It's very powerful. It helped me many times. Look at this. It says that I am the vine, he are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me he can do nothing. So you have Christians all around the world singing songs without you I can't do anything. Lord, without you I can't do anything. But then they forget about the reverse. Without you, the vine cannot also produce fruit. It's not possible. We are the fruit bearing part of the vine. Without us, the vine cannot produce fruits. That's the truth. So sometimes we are depending on, you see, Jesus, I, don't, I can't do anything without you. But he's also saying, me too, I can't do anything without you. He can't do anything without you. No, how, do you, how did you get to the place where you are right now? You walked. Your head didn't bounce to the place for crying out loud. You walked. How did you fix your, your laptop and fix your TV and get your, your station ready to receive the word? To get the network. Use your hands. Who are the hands of, of Christ? You and I. Who are the legs of Christ? You and I. He's the head. We are the body. He needs us. Without him, we can't do anything. Without us, he can't do anything in this earth. There are a lot of things happening in this world, happening in your family that God has not sanctioned. God has not allowed. But because you are quiet, they are happening in your your family. Start talking. Start talking. Because if you don't start talking, he can't do anything. There's nothing he can do about it. If you don't talk to the devil and tell him, it's okay, come on, get out of this place. He's going to stay and keep doing foolish things around you. You keep talking to God. God, this is my problem. God, I don't know what. Brother, sister, stand and say to the problem. You problem, I'm speaking to you on the authority of Christ that I have. Get out in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every single day. When, when, listen, when it comes to demons and devils, they are the easiest to deal with. I cast out devils all the time. I'm not afraid. 
Someone said, we'll remind you of your past. <laughs> Christ is my past. We'll remind you of your What are you talking about? Why did you find that in the scriptures? Why did you find that in the scriptures? Have you read Mark 16, 15? And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Next verse. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Next verse, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. As soon as you believe, the first sign that follows you says, In my name shall they cast out devils. Devils are the least of them. He says, in my name shall they cast out devils. There are so many devils around. Listen, cast them out. Cast them out. Sometimes you find some around thing, you, you, they are throwing thoughts into your mind. Cast them out of your mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't sit down as a weakling. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if this thing is going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. Because I'm in there. I'm in there. Call Ahadabai. We are his body. We are members of his body, of his bones, and of his flesh. First Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and has many members. He says, as the body is one and has many members. There are so many members. I have one body. You can't say, this is my body. My hand is not, my, it's not the only member of my body. We have, this, this, this is my body. And it has many members. I have fingers that are found on a, on a, on a hand. On a, in a palm, then you have connections to my shoulder, to my head, to my torso, and all of that. He says, for as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. Even though there are many members in my body, they are all part of one body. No matter where they find themselves, they are part of one body. No matter how many they are, they are found in one body. Then he says, so also is Christ. We are many, but then we all belong to one body. And that one body is called Christ. Wow. Next verse. For by one spirit, by one Holy Spirit, are we all baptized? Are we all immersed into one body? Who's, which body is that? Into Christ. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been, been all made to drink into one spirit. So we all have one, we are all in one body. By the agency of the Holy Spirit, we are all found in one body. It's called the body of Christ. Look at verse 27. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, now, not tomorrow, now ye are, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. I'm a member of the body of Christ. I'm a member of the body of Christ. You know, one day, Paul was, Paul who was called Saul at that time, was wrecking, he was working havoc against the church. He was killing many and taking many into prison, many Christians into prison and all of that. And Christ met him. Jesus met him on his way to Damascus. And he saw a bright light that was, that was brighter than the noonday sun. It was higher than the sun at its brightest. And he fell off his horse. And Jesus spoke to him and told him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why are you persecuting me? Saul never met Jesus. They never had any relationship. They never, he never saw Jesus when he was alive. He heard of him, but he never saw him. He never met him. So he couldn't have, he couldn't have done something bad to Jesus. When the crucifying Jesus was not there. He was not talking about him crucifying him. He was talking about what he was doing to this church. The church is his body. So as long as he's doing it to the church, he's doing it to him. If there's a pain in your finger, in your right finger, in your, in your pointing finger, right pointing finger, your whole body will feel it. Your head will feel it especially. You'll be lying in bed and then you'll, you'll just wake up. Hey, 
This thing is not making me sleep. Why? Because there's something small happening to the finger. Jesus could not sleep. So he came to him and said, So, so why persecutest thou me? Jesus proved his oneness with the body of Christ, with us, the church. We are one. Whatever they do to you, they have done to Jesus. Whatever they do to you, they have done to Jesus. Yeah, that's how special you are. That's how important you are to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is now are we, ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. Members in particular. Several scriptures. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, verse 29 to verse 30. Just showing you that you are part of his body. He raised us up together with him. He quickened us, made us alive together with him. Raised us up together with him and set us together with him. Why? Because we are part of him. We are his body. Are you born again? Then you are a member of his body. For no man ever hated his own flesh. Ephesians 5, 29. But nourish it and cherish it. Even as the Lord the church. Then he says, for we are Look at it. It says, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh. Do you, do you hate your body? You don't hate your body. It's if something, you can't hate your body. It's not possible. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it. Jesus' role in your life is to nourish you and cherish you. It says, even as the Lord, the church, the Lord nourishes and cherishes the church. Jesus cares about you. God cares about you. And his role in your life is to nourish you with his word. Nourish you with goodness. And cherish, the word cherish means to take care of you. You should see people giving themselves treatment, taking care of themselves. Going to the spa to be massaged and all of that. Jesus takes us to the spa to be massaged. So that we can become comfortable and good in, our, in, in, in him. Wow, what a blessing. Even as a Lord of the church. Then he says, for why does he do that? Because we are members of his body and of his flesh. And of his bones. We are members. Some of us are his bones. Some of us are part of his flesh. Some of us are part of his sinews. I mean, we are, we are, his, we are him. him. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Look at 2 Corinthians 6, 14. The Bible says, Be you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Then it says, For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? He calls us righteousness, and he calls the world unrighteousness. And what communion has light with darkness? He calls us light. Makes no difference of what you did or did not do or what you are doing. He calls you light. If you knew you were light, you would not mingle with darkness. You, didn't, you don't know you are light. That's why you keep mingling with darkness. And what communion has light with darkness? Then he says, and what concord has Christ with Belial? Brother, he calls us Christ. And he calls them Belial. So you are Christ. This is an age-old revelation in the Bible. It's not new at all. It's been in the Bible for all these years, for all these 2,000 years. We are Christ, and they are Belial. He calls us Christ. He calls them Belial. Or what part has the believer with an infidel? Next verse, verse 16. And what agreement has the temple of God? We are the temples of the living God with idols. For ye are the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them. God wills to dwell in you and walk in you, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's what has happened. So some time ago, years ago in, in this country, especially in this part of the country where we find ourselves this morning, people were saying, this revelation had come, you know, to this place. People were saying, I'm Christ. They call themselves, there's a guy in church called Kobe Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a revelation of God's script, of God's word. We are Christ. That's our name. That's our name. <laughs> That's our name. There's, there's nothing blasphemous about it at all. At all. We are identified with him. We are one with him. For he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We are one spirit with him. 
We are one spirit with him. That's the truth. That's the truth of God's word. Believe these things. It's time to believe in God's word. Do you see? You've been hearing it for a long time, but you've not given it a thought. You've not given it a second thought. This is the time to start believing God's word. It is clear that the world cannot protect us. It is clear. It is clear. Only the word, only our understanding in the word can protect us. It's time to believe God's word. Don't wait for a crisis that nobody can solve to come before you start believing. Believe now. So that when that crisis comes, you live above it. You live above it. You will not be worried at all. You will not get on social media and say things. Are we going to die? And do all kinds of... No. No. You'll be different. You'll be thinking differently. It's time to believe God's word. Don't wait till you are 70. Don't wait till you are 80 when you're about to die before you start believing. You can't do much with it. You can't do much with it. With this knowledge, you can do so much for the Lord. Right here on earth. Yeah. We are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to verse 5. Wow. What are you going to do with this authority? Ask your neighbor, what are you going to do with this authority? Or ask yourself, if you are there alone, what are you going to do with this authority? What am I going to do with this authority? If your father is close to you, ask him, what are you going to do with this authority? Hallelujah. Look at this. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. It says, for, you see, I'm showing you so many scriptures that are showing the same thing. Same thing. It's clear. In the mouth of two or three witnesses is a matter established. I'm showing you more than two or three. It says, for us, we have, we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Next verse. So we be many are one body in Christ. And everyone members one of another. We are one body in Christ. That's why we partake of the communion. When we are partaking of the communion, it says recognize that this is truly the body of Christ. This is truly the body. Paul said, we be many are one bread. So as you are partaking of the body of Christ, as you are partaking of the communion, you acknowledge that we are all one. You acknowledge that I'm going to respect my fellow Christians. I'm going to honor my fellow Christians. I'm going to be a blessing to them because we are of one body. Do you understand? Something important. You don't have to insult Christians. You don't have to insult the other church and say all kinds of things about them. Don't say that. If you do that, you are not acknowledging the body of Christ. You are drinking damnation to yourself. Another time I'll expand it for you. But the fact is that we are not the body of Christ. And because we are the body of Christ, Christ is the head. Do you see? Jesus handed over his authority to the church. That's his body, as we read in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. Let's read it. I think it's nice. That same power which he wrought in Christ, Ephesians 1, 20. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. It says, and has put all things under his feet. So if you just came in and you are the smallest cell under the foot of Christ, under the soul of Christ, the, the, his, his down, 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 down foot. <laughs> as long as you are part of the body, you are seated where? In the heavenly places, far above all principality and power. That is the authority you have. That is the authority you have. What are you going to do with that authority? He says, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Then he says, which is his body? The fullness of him that filleth all and in all. In other words, Christ receives expression through the church, through the body, through his body. You can't, you can't, you can't move. I can't move like this without my body. 
I go because of my legs. I'm holding the microphone because of my hands. Who is doing the talking? The mouth is doing the talking. The head is doing the talking. Isn't it? But what's, what's helping the head to be able to talk for, for you to hear through the microphone? The hand. The whole body is doing things. The heart is beating. My stomach is working. If I'm hungry right now, I can't, I can't talk to you. No matter how much I want to talk. And you can be so hungry, you can't. Hello. You can't talk. Why? Because you are hungry. <laughs> so everything in the body is needed. The Lord needs you. It's a needle. It's not a want. You are too important. The Lord needs you. As much as we need him. For without me, you cannot, you can do nothing. The reverse is true. Without us, he can't do anything. There's nothing in this world that can be done without him. So, Jesus has beaten the devil, taken us out of his power, his dominion, his rule, his authority, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. He has given us all of his authority. All his authority. So if there's an outbreak of a fight, let's say we are in a government, you are in, you are in Ghana with us, and you're a policeman, and there's a, there's, a, there's a thief that is functioning in Tema. Does the president have to come all the way and come and arrest the, the thief? What happens? The policeman there is the one who go and see to it and make sure that thief is put behind bars. So if there's any devil doing anything anywhere in the world, God is not ready to move. (laughs) You don't need to call the president. You go there because you have authority to do what you're supposed to. Same thing. Same thing with the body of Christ and what is happening right now in this world. You have authority. God is not going to do anything about devils. He's not. Let me say it again. God is not going to do anything. There's no scripture in the Bible that shows that God is going to do something about demons and sickness and all of that now because he's done all that he's supposed to do if there's an outbreak somewhere you are supposed to rise up and do what you're supposed to do let me show you one last scripture james chapter 4 james chapter 4 verse 7 i've said i've given a very bold statement right now i'm going to explain it to you on wednesday look at this submit yourselves therefore to god then he says you resist resist the devil and he will flee from you. He didn't say, pray to God and talk to God about the devil so that he will do something for, him, for you. No, he says, you resist. resist the devil. Why? Because you have all the authority to put him where he belongs. You have all the authority to put him where he belongs and tell him to get out of your family. Get out of your body. Get out of your environment. Get out of that place. You are the policeman in your area. You are the policeman in your house. You are the policeman in the place where you are now. Put your authority to work with your mouth. Begin to speak in English of the Spirit right now. Talk to God right now. Thank Him for what He has showed you. Resist the devil and He will flee from you. Resist Him and He will flee in fear from you. Talk to Him now. Talk to the Lord right now. God bless you for listening. We pray that the Word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the Word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks. For more of God's word, don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.